Every hour on the hour, tolling bells atop the Patricia R. Guerreri Academic Commons resound across Salisbury University's lawns. But students don't know much about the campus centerpiece. Campus community members such as junior Kate Donaldson pass by with burning questions daily. Is there a specific reason why they have those colors up at night? Information on the monument is scattered across SU's website, but few campus community members have hands-on experience. Junior Brian Bowers said he hasn't given much thought to the bell tower, but would like to know more. It's there. It lights up at night. That's about it. At the heart of campus, SU's Brown and Church Carillon features 48 bells across four octaves with a keyboard for live performances, as well as an automated player for daily chimes and music. During the Carillon's construction, a special crane had to be brought across the Chesapeake Bay Bridge to lift the 20 tons of bells that now sit atop the $117 million academic commons opened in 2016, according to Salisbury.edu. The 147-foot tower, Wicomico County's tallest enclosed structure at the time of completion, stemmed from a $2.4 million endowment from Delaware entrepreneur and organ builder Bill Church in memory of his longtime partner Samuel Brown. Inscribed with Brown's and Church's names, the two largest bells were cast by London's Whitechapel Bell Foundry, the metalworking factory behind Big Ben and the original Liberty Bell, before it closed in 2017 after nearly five centuries in operation. Oh, really? What? Wow, Salisbury's cool. Richard Watson of Meeks, Watson & Company, believed to be the only carillon bell tuner left in the U.S., designed the tower, the Eastern Shore's first traditional carillon and the only one on a Maryland campus. Upon completion in 2017, the carillon was dedicated with an inaugural performance by University of Chicago caroloner Joey Brink, September 6th, broadcasted by PAC-14 and Delmarva Public Radio. Brink was the first American to win Belgium's international Queen Fabiola Carillon competition in 2014 after graduating with greatest distinction from the Royal Carillon School in Mechelen, Belgium in 2012, according to his website. Brink performed again during the 2021 Summer Carillon series in a varied program including classical, jazz, and contemporary arrangements, some composed by Brink himself. Director of Choral Studies William Folger is SU's resident caroloner. I've been playing it since uh, its inception there in about 2017, and uh, I officially became an associate caroliner this past summer. I had a passing examination, and uh, so I, I'm considering myself an associate caroliner. And the one that primarily performs on it uh, here, I've had guest artists, and uh, my colleague Susan Zimmer, Professor Zimmer, has also played it. According to the Guild of Caroloners in North America, two proficiency exams serve as a gateway to the bell tolling world, one for associate caroloners and the other more advanced. Most carillon students have had previous study in applied music and seek training from guild instructors. Folger said he spent considerable time practicing in the tower while preparing for the exam this summer. Yeah, it's not Quasimodo, it's usually me, unless, unless it's set automatic. So, uh, and, you know, carillons historically have had a a very important function in the early days, you know, before modern electronics, they told the time for the towns. Today, the tower serves the same function for some students getting to class, many of whom pass by every day. Despite being at the heart of campus, students know little about the carillon and show interest in learning more. One student asked, is there a chance the bells will ever fall? The, the good thing about carillon bells is they do not swing. They are fixed bells and the clapper inside are the only things that move.
So uh, there's less opportunity for the bells really to be moving enough that they would fall. Folger said he's confident enough in the tower structure to operate the Carillon directly beneath the 20-ton instrument, among just under 200 remaining in the United States. Let us hope we never experience that. And I, to my knowledge, and I've read the history of the Carillon, uh, very seldom do you hear of bells falling unless they're precipitated by war, you know, or something like that. Uh, in World War One and World War II, they were, a lot of the European bells were confiscated and melted down for cannonballs, sadly. The Carillon is 89 steps above the GAC's fourth floor, a trek Folger said is well worth the acoustics and bird's eye view. Students are also enticed by the campus vantage point. Me and her have talked about like wanting to actually be able to like see up there in the tower. Folger invited me and my student sources on a tour to the top. Bowers jumped at the opportunity. So if you would want to go, Absolutely, you're welcome. I am interested. I feel like it'd just be a cool view just nonetheless, just going up there. Campus community members can visit or learn more about the Carillon by contacting Folger's university email. Thank you for listening. I'm Bees Beasley reporting for Salisbury University.